0: Hey guys, it's James Chester here. You're listening to the Gather Round the Lamp podcast
1: by UnderAGaslitLamp.com. Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast. Ollie Watkins just gets away from him, but El Ghazi's behind him, and more El Ghazi? Three nil, emphatic. Triore with Watkins available. Traore just passes it into the
0: corner. Big moment for him. It's young, Crowfield side.
1: Here's Douglas the Luiz, strong on the ball, opens up for John McGinn, plays the pass towards Watkins! 1-0 Villa! Villa's a big clap mate. So, yeah. Gather Round Villains and welcome to the latest instalment of Gather Round the Lamp, our Villa podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. Join us as we review the away trips to Liverpool and Norwich and look forward to the festive period of fixtures, starting with the visit to Burnley on Saturday. I'm Andy, and this week we've shuffled the pack and brought back podcast royalty, as today I'm joined by Mr. Mark Girobe. Welcome back, man. What's going on, Andy? How are you? How
2: is everybody? I hope everyone's doing well. Yeah, it's, work's been crazy, couldn't get on the pod anytime soon, but back today, look, looking looking forward to it a lot, especially you know, after the fine form of Villa's in how, how is everything, Andy? enjoying life over there?
1: It's okay, it's okay. It's COVID, isn't it? And build up to Christmas stress but I'll tell you what, Villa are certainly um doing their bit of keeping keeping me happy, keeping me going. So uh hopefully that's the same for everyone and hopefully everyone's having a, a reasonable time with all the all the all the stress that's going on. Um but it's great to have you back on Mark. Thanks for uh thanks for joining me today. Um I guess we we, we should get into it and, and, and all the noise um rightly adored as a legend. He got a tremendous welcome back um, there, and 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 handled the the occasion as professionally as he could. Really, remaining focused on the job and prepared the the Villa team, um, and also uh, applauding towards the Villa fans rather than the cop as he as he entered the technical area. Um, did you see this? Any any kind of thoughts on this and how how he managed it? But I mean, it must have been a really sort of strange moment for him really it
2: seemed like it was going to be a strange moment but i mean he kept a pretty good poker face throughout the whole ordeal i think especially with some of the stuff in the media and some of the stuff even within the villa fan base and i don't know i just i think that he did really well as far as managing those emotions i mean obviously liverpool's his club no one you know everybody knows that but at the same point in time you know he's just coming into a new club he's starting to there's just an atmosphere around villa right now at the moment even going into this game against liverpool where i thought that if villa were going to get something out of this game he would have he would have just celebrated like it was nobody's business and probably really you know turned the screws on some of people that actually like really really love and adore him but i thought he managed it pretty well i didn't think that there was ever a thing where he wanted Liverpool to win or anything like that. You know, he's professional. Stevie G just goes and does what he has to do, goes on about his business. So I thought he handled it really well, but I'm sure it was strange in some aspects. I mean, it's still his home. He'll always be loved in Liverpool. He'll always be welcome to Anfield. doesn't matter if it's an under-18 game or if it's a Premier League game. But yeah, I, th- I thought he handled it really well. Did you Did you think he was gonna, you know, show a little bit more emotion on the touchline? Or I mean, there's that video going around that like he didn't clap the cop before he left, and people were upset about that. But I mean, you don't
1: always get what you want. No, I think it's absolutely the right thing. At the end of the day, you know, there's one thing that has has come through about Stephen Gerrard since he joined the club, and that's, that's that he's an absolute competitor, and you know, there's no there's no question about that. And I think. You know he's not on a victory lap. Um, people compared it to um, when Julio was manager, and he was obviously clapping the hop, uh, clapping clapping the cop. Sorry, um, before the game and after the game and so on. And, and and Villa fans were were a little bit put out by that. But you know Gerard's not not in that the same position that Julio was. You know he's he's on the way up. You know he wants to be. Um, you know. He wants to be maybe moving in the direction of the Liverpool manager's job. But at the moment, he's got to prove himself now. You know, there's no, there's no sentiment now. He's, 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 he's trying to do um, the best he can for his own career. So um, there'll be plenty of time, you know, for, um, you know, for all that sort of thing later on in his career. I think he was just deadly focused, wasn't he, um, on the game. And and he you could you could see he, you know he 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 wanted to go there and you know and and uh, and make his mark and um, I think he kind of did that really um, you know that I mean really the game I mean Liverpool were undoubtedly dominant um, during the game but the, there were sort of two main incidents really um, both involving involving penalties or penalty shouts. Um, like I say, Liverpool had been kind of really attacking, you know, for, for, for most of the game and Villa were, had the odd breakout moment. Um, but Mings and Martinez were, were, were kind of leading the way, weren't they? For, for the defense. Um, however, on six, 65 minutes or there, there about Salah, uh, broke past, um, Tyra and Mings. And in the tussle, um, Salah particularly kind of went to, went to ground and, and the ref and VAR concluded that, that it was a penalty. um, Salah did score, although Martinez was was quite close to stopping it. On this one, do you think it was a good a good call for this penalty or or, or maybe Salah kind of up to his old tricks?
2: I, mean, I, th- I think it's always Mo Salah being up to his old tricks, but I think he's so good at it now to where <laughs> it kind of goes in the middle of that fine line between what is and what isn't called a penalty in the modern-day Premier League. Um, I, I don't like to see that kind of stuff. I've spoke about it on previous podcasts a while ago and everything about it. I don't like the whole simulation of dives in the box and how some people will get that call, some people won't. Some clubs will get that call, some clubs won't. Um, I think there really needs to be a, a better understanding of what is, what isn't a penalty, what is simulation, what isn't simulation. But, I mean, it's, it's Mo Salah. He's always going to get that call. He's very good at doing this. Um, he, he knows exactly what he's doing. This is this is an intelligent footballer. He can He can read a game very well at an instant. He kind of has that, you know, the game kind of slows down for him when he gets in these attacking areas and even more so within the penalty area so I think Mosel is definitely you know on the on the verge of being up to up to the old tricks and I don't want to say cheat and you know it's it's one of those things where a lot of people will say but I don't know it's kind of it's kind of one of those little gray areas for me it probably was a good call but again I I wear so much claret and blue around my household that that it's always going to be a dive.
1: (laughs) Yeah I mean you know we do we do always look at, look through through that prism, don't we, of um, of the team we support um, in these instances. And when you see a decision like that given, you think, well, that's just it's because it's Salah, it's because it's Liverpool, and it's in front of the cup, and that's why the ref's given it. Um, having said that, I think if that had been the other end, I'd, I'd have been disappointed. Um, not to, not to get that. I think I think it is clumsy um, for, for Mings, who was. You know, I think just just sup um, what's the word? Very sort of superior display by him throughout the game um, and over the last few weeks. Really, I think he's been excellent. Um, you know, really back to his best. Um, but it was a bit it was a bit clumsy. But I think Salah has has just kind of got his left leg across in front of Mings, um, and that's meant that there's the. the the kind of contact there and he's 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 deemed to be in control of the ball i suppose and and then he's gone over so it's 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 bound to be a it's bound to be a penalty I, I think if i think however though if the ref hadn't hadn't actually given it i don't think var would have overturned it i think it was that that tight i think it was that close really um what do you think
2: no i agree with you i don't i don't think it would have been i don't think it would have been overturned regardless and you're right tyron minx has been playing really really well i just think that when you have Arguably, And some people may not agree with me, but probably the top footballer in the world, maybe on the list of the top three with Mo Salah and he's running at you. I don't care if you're Tyron Mings or if you're Roberto Carlos, you're going to crap yourself a little bit and you're really not going to know what to do when he's in those situations that, you know, he's really, really good at. Um, So, yeah, I can't really. Talk down on Mings for this instance, as far as giving up the penalty. I just think, I mean, Salah is an incredible footballer. I mean, it's just, it's just the way it is, and you know, you have to respect him when he's there. But yeah, I, I think it's, it was tough on a couple of people saying that, you know, oh clumsy Mings, or you know, here, here he goes again being a shambles. I didn't think, I don't think Tyra Mings has has been bad, you know, whatsoever, you know, this season. I mean, maybe, a, maybe a few games, a few decisions he's he's gotten wrong, but you know, human at the end of the day. But yeah, I think I think that Mings and the, the defense as a whole did did really really well to 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 hold up against a, a very good Liverpool side. We know how good they are, but yeah, I I, I just think this was such a I, it was one of those calls where if it, if it happens against you, you're disappointed. If it happens for you, you're elated with it. So I just It's very very tough. But I think Mings did pretty much all all he could in this instance.
1: And I think I mean I don't know what you think about this, but it's one of them where I think they'd had a few. Penalty calls, hadn't they? Um, certainly, in the first half, there was—I think there was one on Robertson, which I think was quite close. Um, I think that was Nakamba, and then you know, there was—I there, think there was another one. I can't remember quite now, but um, but undoubtedly Liverpool were, were just all over us, weren't they? Um, really, and we were—I mean, we defended well. I thought, you know, we limited them, you know, to to kind of you know more speculative. Shots, perhaps. Um, I know Martinez made a couple of good saves, and you know, so it was one of them where you sort of thought, felt like something like this was going to happen. This was going to be the way they were going to get through us, and and um, and it, of course it happened. But Martinez didn't half get close to that 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 spot kick as well.
2: Yeah, um, it's again, it's one of those things where, like, we all look at Emmy Martinez and he's starting to be this big, larger-than-life character at Villa. And, you know, even though he's making saves, some saves that you think. Like, he should make it. He, he hasn't in the past few weeks. I mean, not so much during the new, you know, Steven Gerrard era that I've seen. But, like, I, I just love him back there. He's just such a rock. And I, I like the fact of how cool, calm, and collected he is. And never really seems like he gets rattled. I, I did think that he came extraordinarily close to saving this Salah, this Salah penalty. But, yeah, I, I just, I, I think the defense as a whole is doing really well under the new regime. And, you know, long may that continue. Especially Ezri Conta, man. I love Ezri. I can, I can watch him play all day long.
1: <laughs> he's back to he's back on form isn't he I think I mean we talked endlessly about it earlier in the season you know that obviously the defence were were all out of sorts um, particularly when they were kind of playing the three at the back that it, it just wasn't it didn't feel like they, they they kind of knew exactly what they were meant to be doing um, whereas now you just get the feeling you know the the whole back four just know their job they know what they've got to do sort of in and out of possession Um, and certainly when they're defending you know they are really tight and compact and it feels more like the defence of last season Um, and certainly Konza has again has kind of stepped up a level again hasn't he over the last few weeks
2: yeah, I totally agree. And like, even looking at this Liverpool game, you know, a lot, I, I feel like a lot of people, they know going into playing Liverpool that you're not going to have a lot of the ball and you're going to be backed up in your own end. But then when you watch it, like, it, you just still get frustrated. It's like, you know, it's coming and there's not much you can really do about it. Like, for the Liverpool game, I traveled a little bit, you know, to uh, just a weekend trip to Columbus. And um, I, I was able to hang out with the Columbus Lions. My buddy Connor out there is the, uh, the, the head of the Lions Club out there, really cool brewery, really good IPAs. If you ever need a spot, if you just happen to be in the (laughs) Columbus area, check them out. But um, even talking to him about it, it it was just like, man, they're just possessing the ball. It seems like we're only going to catch, you know, catch anything on the break. And that's pretty much what Villa, you know, lined up to do. I don't think that it was a bad game plan. I think Gerard and his coaching staff knew that was exactly how it was going to go down. But yeah, it's still just some some moans and groans always from the Villa faithful. Of like, man, we can't possess the ball, but that's what Liverpool do. They they get the ball, they pinch you in your own end, and you know, like you said, I think the defense and, and even the midfield did well to to stop them to speculative shots. And they are maybe overthinking it or overplaying you know the ball a little bit more than they usually do. So I mean, that that's definitely a positive to take. I, I, it's one of those things where a loss
1: still seems like you, you gain
2: something positive from the match.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, you, you'll always get those complaints, but I, I just think. The uh, Liverpool have done that or done worse to um, to better teams than Villa, and they are an incredibly strong team. Um, And uh, you know, I think (laughs) I certainly think to 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 defend the way we did was 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 credit really, and I think that it it did show some improvement. But of course, there was another another incident, and sort of going a goal behind appeared to kind of spark Villa. Into life, really, at the other end of the field, and they pushed for an equaliser. Um, Ings and Buendia had come on and, and certainly added a bit of potency to the attack. Um, and it was Ings that, that that kind of took advantage of some indecision by Allison in, in the edge of the uh, Liverpool penalty area, and and he looked to take the ball past him, and kind of was somehow kind of brought to ground. Um, this looked very close to being a penalty, um, but it was a judge that the, the keeper had kind of got something on the ball and Gerard was 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 convinced um, after the game that it, it should have been a penalty. I mean, do you, do you agree with him on this one?
2: I agree with him only for the fact that it seems like sometimes when things like this happen at Anfield, that you kind of play with just a little bit of a different rule book. Um, I, I think that, you know, you're it's at Anfield... Liverpool are up 1-0. It's a tightly contested game, even though Villa's, you know, have, having their issues getting up the other end of the pitch. And I think that they're never going to call that against a Liverpool keeper at Anfield. I just have that feeling. I I, I just don't think they're ever going to call it. But for me, for my money, again, Claret and Blue hat on, that's a penalty all day long. I think it was an abysmal decision, to be honest with you. Um you know and then it's it's just it's almost like they wanted it to be dramatic just for dramatic sake and that's one thing about the game with the modern day referees that I I really just don't understand I would rather get the call right than it be good entertaining television and that's basically what something like this has come off to me in the recent weeks and months of watching this Premier League season I don't need the drama I just want the call to be right and for me this was definitely a penalty I I don't know how you feel about it but I'm just I'm, I'm very steadfast on this one that I think this was and nailed on pen
1: yeah I, I can't believe it wasn't given Be- and, and the, the, part of the reason for that is um, I think without Alison there Ings, Ings goes and scores there's only one thing in, in Danny Ings' mind and that's to get the ball away from the, the keeper and, and, and put it in the net which he would have done um, if he hadn't have been brought down and I think I think uh, there's no way uh, alisson wins the ball there i don't think he might get something on it but he doesn't take the ball um and i think i think that's the um that that's the thing really um and i think you know we we have this where when you talk about different rules applying if that's a defender with his foot going in like that whether he takes the ball or not if he if he catches Ings there that's a penalty um Whereas with keepers, we saw this with Schmeichel the week before. You know he's got a fingertip on the ball, so he's got the ball under control. Same same sort of principle here. You know it seems like the keeper's hands are kind of sacrosanct, and you you know you can't obviously you can't go and kick the ball out of the goalkeeper's hands, but there has to be a you know an element of you know the same rules applying. You know as, as as if it was a defender, and for me. If a defender's making that challenge I think there's a, I think that's a, a nailed on penalty yeah because it's with the goalkeeper's hands and the other aspect was allison's obviously Alisson's sort of right hand was on the ball but his his upper hand was also sort of around Ings's waist you know so there's there's two contacts there and i think i just c- i just can't believe i just can't believe it wasn't it wasn't given and I think it was on certainly on match of the day it was brushed off as being well, no, you can't give that. But I, I I just don't I just don't understand. I just think it was a, an absolute nailed on penalty and uh if someone wants to try and explain to me um you know why why it wasn't then then I'm 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 all ears but I've even spoken to a Liverpool fan on on Twitter who who, who thought we were um you know we were hard done by there so um that's that 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 kind of says it all really. So I think we were we were unlucky not to at least get back in the game and have a have a have a shot at, at getting a point there, to be honest.
2: Yeah, I got three separate text messages from three separate Liverpool supporters over here and they all said like I can't believe they didn't give that as a penalty. Yeah. So you know, if the, the, and and they watch this team, and it isn't just like the casual fan. Like these are people that have been the Anfield supported Liverpool, you know, well beyond fifteen, almost I think seventeen, eighteen years between the, you know, the three of them each. Um, yeah. So I I just don't know. Like I just I'm with you. I just need some clarification on how that actually works. It seems like it's a very important thing. It seems like it should be an important thing that has a you know that has clarity, and and every football fan that follows the game knows. If it is a penalty or isn't a penalty, you know, and just think about it, if he actually like say Allison gets both hands on it and Danny Ings just goes haywire and kicks the ball while it's in his hands. Danny Ings is getting a yellow if not sent off. Yeah. So like what? Where's the where's the the difference there of like, well, what did you want him to do? And, you know, like what? Where's the point that the the, the attacking player stops in that instance? I just I I don't know. And I've been watching football a long time, you know, and I, I, I as of right now, there's just a few. A few things in the game that some people may think is minor, I think is very major that need worked out or at least clarified a little bit more for for the football fans. Just so, it's just so we don't have moments like this, you know, to where we're all like, "Wait, so what is a penalty? What isn't a penalty? What's simulation? What's not simulation?" I just think they need to to clear it up just a little bit. But I mean, again, it may just be for the sake of
1: entertainment at this point. Well, I mean, who knows? I think I think um, and I think where where VAR is concerned as well is you know. We spoke about this about a bit last week, where it feels like having started really well and kind of taken the lead from the, um, the 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 Euros, where where it was it was superbly refereed and VAR was excellent. They kind of carried continued that on into the Premier League season, but now over the last two or three weeks, it's kind of it's kind of flipped back again and become far more sort of. Um, uh inconsistent again and 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 I think that's what that's what annoy's people you know this isn't inconsistencies across games because you'll never get that that right it, this is within the same game you know one penalty borderline penalty being given and another one not and that that's 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 the problem and the other thing was it I don't know whether they they didn't even seem to look at it or and they probably did look at it in the background but there was no nothing made of it um that VAR were particularly checking it either so just seemed an odd one to me Mark
2: yeah it was definitely an odd one and I I just hope that it kind of works itself out because you're right we saw a great you know Euros as far as refereeing and how they actually use VAR and now like it seems like they've kind of reverted back to it in the past month, month and a half and I, I'm not just seeing it in the case of Villa Liverpool or Man City or United. I'm seeing it like all over the league like Burnley's getting weird decisions against them and you know even Brighton has had, had a turn or two of, of the screw so I I don't know. I just I just want consistent refereeing. I think that's another and I do admit that it's probably my American mind a little bit of like these are the rules very cut and dry. You know I, I need that definition I I want you know the rule book to be the letter of the law but in football I just don't think it's ever going to be that way as much as I want it to be as much as I hope for it to be I just don't think it'll ever be that way Andy
1: no and it, it never has been it's always been very very hit and miss you know there's no question about that and that was part of the appeal for me but I just feel if they if they're going to use VAR you know it's never going to be right all the time because there are so many kind of um Subjective um, uh, incidents and and viewpoints, but stuff like that, you know, within the same game, you can look at that, and VAR can look at that and say, "Well, we've given one at the other end that was just as borderline, if not less." You know, you know, we need to we need to have a proper look at this, and and maybe the ref needs to have a look, but you know it's 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 one of those and i think the you know the the, the rules in football have always been a, a little bit um open to interpretation and that's partly why we love it because it's it's not too technical it's 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 a game that it's it's a game for everyone isn't it where you know it doesn't matter you know what what your background is or your, or or any aspect of your 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 person you can enjoy a game of football fairly easily so um but at the same time, it's uh, it's frustrating, <laughs> you know, when there's no clarity. So, um, but I mean, Gerald kind of admitting you alluded to this earlier that he's kind of admitted after the match that that maybe um, he perhaps got the balance slightly wrong defensively um, and encouraged perhaps encouraged Liverpool onto us a little bit, um, and it felt like a, a a bit of a learning curve for him, maybe his his you know the first time since he's joined Villa that that maybe he's questioned himself a little bit um, um, although you know many would say there's there's no disgrace in losing one um to this this Liverpool team which I think is probably probably the best team in Europe at the moment was this an opportunity that missed though to, to perhaps give Liverpool a, a bloody nose? um or was this as much as we could have really hoped for from the game
2: I think it's an opportunity missed but not in terms of being like too down on the squad or Gerard in general um the game was there to be won uh for for both teams like I, I, again I think Liverpool did exactly what Liverpool do and you know they back you up in your own end and 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 they 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 even they even know when to switch the tempo, which is a very, very big thing in football. They'll be going a million miles an hour, and then it seems like a flip of a switch. Now they're just slowly passing it around. Their back four into the midfield, back to the defenders, and they're making you inch up. They're they're making the other team inch up, you know, closer and closer to the, you, know, they, you. Want to get the ball back, and then Liverpool just bam, gone in in a flash, and they're they're right back into playing you know crazy fast, aggressive counter attacking, you know, in your face, forward thinking football. But, again, it might even be on the other page of, like, it was as much as we could have hoped for. Like, we've seen Aston Villa, you know, even this team, this squad, this core squad of players in the past couple of seasons lose badly to worse teams. So I think it's something that they, the the Villa squad and, and the new coaching regime can actually take a lot of pride on. I know it's a loss and it sounds crazy because no one ever likes seeing Villa lose. But I do think that this was one of those learning curve games and only losing 1-0 to Liverpool at Anfield away from home, you know, that's that's not the worst result we could we could have had. I mean, Leeds lost 7-0 to, to City yesterday. You know, that's that's something that where, you know, that, that's that's demoralizing that's that's a terrible horrible loss for them you know we didn't go to anfield and get get, you know absolutely murdered seven (laughs) seven nil so i think there are positives you can take from the game but it it all has to be you know gerard's still only six games into the season obviously including the norwich game which we're going to get onto here shortly but you know it's it's one of those things where i i didn't walk away from the game upset but i didn't think that like Maybe Gerard was right in saying he could have set up his defense a little bit more, a little better. But I I, I still think that it it was a good result considering where we're at on the table. Like you said, Liverpool is one of the best teams in Europe right now. That's that's not going to stop. I mean, they are who they are. Um, Yeah, but it would have been great to beat them. It would have been great, but I, I think we put it the best account we could on the day, and it ju- just came up just a little short.
1: Yeah, I, I certainly I kind of went big on the narrative of, of Gerard going there and, and and coming away with something, whether it was a draw or a win. Um, but obviously, that was a, a, a it was a long shot, and you know, I think I think it's one of them where the two games that he's lost so far. Um, we've looked at it we've looked at it back in different ways and 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 felt that actually these even though we've lost there's improvement there there's there's encouragement there we haven't just capitulated um we've actually held our own in both both against man city at home and and liverpool away at the weekend um and these are incredible teams you know these are these these are incredible teams with 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 the best players some of the best players in the world and you know we're coming up against them with our relatively still quite a young team um you know and we're missing players as well so it's it's it is encouraging and the the best thing about the last few weeks for me has just been seeing that defense looking so comfortably comfortable again um and uh you know it's it's frustrating that we've obviously conceded that penalty but you know by and large I think I think I think the defense can really kind of hold their heads up after that game
2: yeah I, I I think they can too and again it's it's only six games into a brand new manager brand new system I mean you're you're even seeing it already through the six games it's it's pretty different to how Dean Smith liked to play his brand of football um I do love Dino I will always respect him for what he's done it just feel like it feels like whenever Dean Smith came into Aston Villa, he he gave a breath of life to the club. And even though he left with Steven Gerrard coming in, it feels like it's an, another level of a breath of life into Aston Villa, especially the players. You know, big legend, you know, legend of the game. And I, I think that we're starting to see the breath of life kind of flow throughout the Aston Villa. Um, the psyche and the attitude and the, you know, kind of having the chip on your shoulder of why not us? Like, why can't we go and do these things? So we we played it. I I felt we played a good game against, you know, Man City, the game that we lost, and the game against Liverpool, which we lost. Um, But I do think that these losses are character- Growing losses. I think. I think that it it grows your character. It, it it sends a little bit through your team of like, hey, we're gonna go out there, and give it our best shot. We're not gonna let you know. It, it's not like you're just playing Villa and, and Villa's a rollover team. You know, we want to win. We want to give the best account of, kind of ourselves. And I think the defense coming into their own once again. Um, I think dropping the five at the back that Dean Smith tried to you know shove you know so so far down. And I think it, it may have even cost him a job. I, it it just wasn't working out. Um, but yeah, I I think that the fence is doing great. They're getting back into their own here. Um, all four of them, I, I really can't, or five of them, including Emmy, I can't have any any doubts about them really going forward here. I mean, it, it just it looks like the team just has an extra gear now that, that Stephen Gerrard at Aston Villa.
1: Oh yeah, totally. And I mean, I I made my feelings on the uh, on Dean Smith's three at the back um, system very clear, and I'm you know I'm delighted that that's kind of. In the past, although you know it's it's a shame that it's it's perhaps contributed to to his demise, um, you know. But that's that's the thing with with, with Gerald, and I, I just wonder whether no 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 one wants to lose, but I just wonder whether psychologically sometimes if if Villa had gone and got a result against City and maybe beaten Liverpool, you know, so soon into Gerard's reign, whether the everyone starts to relax a bit and feel like they've made it already. And these defeats, although you want you don't want defeats, but sometimes a defeat just keeps you keeps you focused a little bit. What no, no, I, I I
2: totally get that. And that's what I mean by like the character, you know it's a character loss. It, it'll help you build your character. You don't want to be too successful too quickly out of the gates, especially with a new manager, because um, you don't want your players being complacent and thinking that, okay, I can just walk into this side and we'll just do the same old things and tra la, la. I mean, Gerard has a, a wealth of, of decent depth options, whether it be the academy or whether it be other squad players that are hanging around. Well, not hanging around, like, they're not useful. I didn't mean it in that way. But, you know, the, he he has multiple players from a wide Range of age that he can call upon whenever he sees fit. That's such a positive, and like we're even talking about, you know, the Norwich game coming up, and like not being afraid, even in certain circumstances, but not being afraid to use the youth or give the youth a start and actually see how they slot into this new era of Aston Villa Football Club. I think it's incredibly exciting. Um, I, I think that it's. It, the losses are losses still at the end of the day. It's missed out on getting points. But so far in, in Stevie G's, you know, Clerton and Blue Army, it's, it's, it's looking pretty good so far, Andy. I'm
1: not upset about it. Absolutely, absolutely. And we'll get onto the the Norwich game in a minute. But first, we're going to hop across to Philadelphia for a word from our sponsors, from Craig Storrid. Well,
0: here we are. And it's important to understand that although I haven't been present... On this week's podcast, I wouldn't leave you hanging like that. I wouldn't leave you hanging lonely and hairy like a pair of sweaty balls. No, 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 no. Because I am a Manscaped.com user. True story. Now, I came to the UK last week. I got to see Andy in person for the very first time. Wonderful, wonderful occasion. Uh, But as part of my visit to the UK, ladies and gentlemen, I had to undergo COVID tests. So myself and the good wife, Dr. Storid, had to go undergo these COVID tests. Uh, They were somewhat overpriced and they were tricky because they make you, or at least me, they made me paranoid. They made me worry about my activities it was like being a younger man going to the young going to the old gum clinic and thinking to myself hmm have i done anything maybe a little bit risky so i was thinking the same thing waiting for my covid test happily both my covid tests came back negative and i was able to travel to and from the uk which was wonderful so this christmas you may have a lot of sexual attention Because you are going to be a Manscaped customer, you're going to use our promo code LAMP, that's L-A-M-P LAMP and you are going to order the Manscaped bundle which allows you to groom those hairy sweaty smelly balls. To perfection. And once people know that you are groomed to perfection, word, word will spread like wildfire and interest will grow. And that won't be the only thing that grows. But what you're going to do this Christmas time is you are going to practice safe sex. So you won't be hanging around the gum clinic like I was as a young man, worried around, frightened, just like I was waiting for my COVID test this week. You're going to go to www.manscape.com. You are going to order some of the wonderful grooming products, including the lawnmower Mower 4.0, including the wonderful ball deodorant. You're going to be fresh. You're going to be sexually ready. And you are going to practice safe sex so you don't have to wait around at the gum clinic, just like I had to wait around for my COVID test. www.manscape.com, 20% off and free shipping with our promo code LAMP. That's L-A-M-P, LAMP.
1: Okay, well last night um we we're recording this on, on Wednesday and, and Villa made the, the long trip to Caro Road um with record signing Emmy Buendia making his return there. And of course um we would come up against our former much beloved boss Dean Smith. Gerald was without a clutch of players um through COVID and, and injury respectively, including uh, Morgan Sanson, El Ghazi, Keenan Davis. And marvellous Nakamba um, also awaiting news on a potential season-ending knee injury. Um, Buendir came back into the team with Jacob Ramsey starting uh, also in midfield. Firstly, um, Mark, just a, a word for Nakamba um, and how, how devastating it must be for him to get this, this injury um, just as he was, he was cementing his place in the team.
2: I'm devastated for Marvelous Men. And I'll be the first one in the line to hold my hands up and say that, you know, under previous management i didn't see what nakamba did overly well or didn't do overly well he would have the good game here and there but since steven gerrard came in and seems like he really does um you know fancy nakamba for the role that he plays in the team he's played completely leaps and bounds different for me i really really do enjoy watching him play football i'm really i i I am I'm, i'm like really upset at the fact that he was starting to come into his own and cement his place in the starting 11 and then they get this knee injury it's it's not great um I think that this kind of launches Villa into having to get another midfielder in January. Um, Again, we're still trying to, you know, we're waiting on word to see if Nakama's is actually going to be out for the rest of the season. But it's not looking great. It doesn't sound great. It sounds like he's going to be out for a long time regardless but yeah I, I i don't know andy i just i've become such a fan of him in the past recent weeks i i, I like what he brings to the team i think that he kind of has that little bit of L- nagolo conte thing to him and i know that's a stretch you know i know it's a big stretch you know with some of the accolades that that conte has won in his career but yeah. i don't know man the combo he just he looks so so comfy. The only thing I just wish that he had like more of a forward pass. It's my only knock on him so far during,
1: during, uh, lining up for Steven Gerrard. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that, that, that's the thing. I think, I think during last season, Nakamba started to develop a bit of a cult following at Villa. He he came in for a, a few games, um, where we won and we were very good defensively. Um, you know and then he he would generally lose his place to to Douglas Louise or whoever he was replacing then um but we I remember there was a run of games where he played and they were all spaced out, but we won them all um and we didn't concede a goal and and that sort of thing and that that did tail off eventually but um he did start to win over a few a, a bit of a cult following really, but it was always that issue about um him him being perhaps being asked to do th- do things and as my, my my uh my podcast buddy, um everyone's favourite um uh, Mr <laughs> Mr. Craig Storridge would say that you know he, he's 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 a goldfish, <laughs> as he says, you know, he, and goldfish can't climb trees. And if you ask that, if you ask him to do things that he's he's not able to do, um he's gonna, he's he's bound to not, not look very good, isn't he? Um as we all would be in that situation. Um so I think I think now just of late he's been asked to do things. he's he's been asked to do his job, the things that he's 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 he is really good at and he's he's shone through, he's he's been excellent and uh how long that would have continued we, we don't know, but he'd certainly made a good start. Um and it is devastating, particularly as well with the um the African Cup of Nations um coming up as well, um in January and he would have been going to that. Um you know, full of confidence and, 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 and really loving his football. And it's, it's such a shame. Um, either way, whether it's, whether it's the best scenario, it's going to be a couple of months um, at least, you know, and it could, it could potentially be the end of his season. And it's just, it's just devastating really. And um, yeah, just, just such a shame. He can't catch a break.
2: Yeah. I can't catch a break. And, like he just it was starting to seem like he was really seeing the game well, like like more more so than he was before, and again there there were times where Marvelous Nakamba was in the squad you know last season, and I was like man there 's a player in there, like I can see it, I know there 's a player in there, but you know it's just as soon as he gets the ball, it' was like panic turn around, you know, pass the ball back, but maybe he 's just that kind of anchor player, maybe I expected more from him, um you know as we signed him into into the kind of sporadic appearances that he would make for Aston Villa, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's a thing with Gerard coming in the door. I don't know if Dean Smith tried to use him in ways like Craig alludes to with the goldfish comments. I don't know if that's it was a Dean Smith thing, but like I, I don't know. Regardless, I hope Nakamba, you know, heals well and everything goes well to recovery, and hopefully he can get back in the Aston Villa squad because we definitely look much more. I don't want to say complete, but compact, you know, just that extra layer of security back there. I I do believe Nakamba has shown in previous weeks that he's just really reading the game well. And, you know, it was really something that Villa can put their hat on that if you do breach our midfield, we still have you know, still have Nakamba that likes to sit back, more of like a deep line playmaker kind of role for all my football manager friends out there. It's kind of like a deep, deep line playmaker to where, you know, he can get the ball, collect it, try to move it on to someone a bit more creative. But again, he just, he lacks that that big forward pass and that, and if that's the only knock that I have on him with seeing him this season, that's not too shabby. Uh, but yeah, I hope hope that he recovers well. Hope it's not as bad as first feared. And yeah, it's, it's it's just disappointing, Andy.
1: Yeah. And marvelous, uh, you know, all our best wishes and, and let's hope, hope we see you back in a Villa shirt, um, as, as soon as possible. Um, I mean, in, in truth, Villa were were completely dominant uh, in the first half, pushing high up, winning the ball, um, back in really good areas and creating chances. Um, it felt like only a matter of time until they found the the breakthrough. Um, and then a piece of magic from from Jacob Ramsey did just that, breaking from his own half. He played an, a neat one-two on halfway with, with Ollie Watkins before... Running um, into the Norwich box and shifting it onto his left and smashing it past uh, Tim Krull in in, in goal. Stephen Gerrard was absolutely purring about this after the match, um, which I think tells you everything about the quality of this goal. Um, it feels like we've been waiting for JJ to to announce himself um, on on the on the big stage for for a, probably over a year now, and and this if this goal hasn't done that um then his his recent performances um certainly will have and and it seem he seems to be an automatic selection now
2: yeah well, just a absolutely crazy goal i mean just kind of from out of the blue, heads up to Ollie Watkins for. You know, just the, the simple layoff for JJ and then for him the, to go all the way. I mean, he was half, halfway to the M6 at that point. You know, he, he was running all the way. Like we have the Alan Hutton goal where, you know, it's halfway to Mosley and whatnot. But yeah, what a moment for JJ in good form. And the celebration was everything for me. Um, wheels away, you know, fingers in the ears. You know, tugging on the badge—it's—it's it's the stuff of legends. You know, he's—he's he's Villa through and through. We—we we might have, you know, unearthed one of these young gems that you know deeply cares about the club, and you know, not to make mention of of he who shall not be named, but you know, it's start—it's starting <laughs> to feel like that a little bit to me. Um, I, I hope that Gerard identifies with that, and he knows that that means a lot for Aston Villa supporters to have at least a little bit of home cooking within the realm of Villa Park, and I think that. I think that Jacob Ramsey could be that player. And, you know, I, w- I want him to be protected at all costs. I want him to be, you know, just go out there, have fun, enjoy yourself, show show the world what you can do. And if that was, you know, if I was Steven Gerrard, that's what I'd be telling him before every game. Just go go put out a good account of yourself. You know how good you are. You know, go out there, have some fun and, and, and work hard. And I, I think that a, a lot of people probably look at this goal and think that, Outside of Aston Villa supporters, I mean, you know, oh beautiful goal, academy prospect, da da da, and not think a big deal of it. I think that this is only going to raise his game, um, and I, I, I think we're going to see that. I, I, I think that there's a lot of, you know, where does he actually slot in? What actually is he? But it seems like no matter where you play him. That he always succeeds, or he he has a good game, or at least a standout performance. I don't I don't know if you feel the same way, but I think he's definitely shown that uh, standout performances over the past number of weeks now.
1: Well, I mean, you you alluded to to Jack Grealish there, and it it didn't it really reminded me of that goal that that Grealish scored at, at Rotherham a couple of years ago um in the Championship, where you know he picked the ball up, you know, and there was a little bit of interplay, and then you know another one too sort of with Elmo, but. You know, it was that kind of individual quality, wasn't it, that um, that, that we saw? And, and to have the confidence to go into the bo- into the penalty area completely on his own—there was no no Villa player supporting whatsoever—and to just think, right, I'm just going to go for this um, on his weaker foot, um, you know, and, and 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 to just lash it home like that, I think was was tremendous. That showed real kind of bottle, and I think that's the big that's the big difference for me i think last season we we talked a fair bit about how ramsey he's done well he's come in he's neat and tidy um you know he works hard but there was nothing there was nothing that set him apart there was nothing where you could say we have to pick jacob ramsey um above anyone else that goal last night and some of his performances um so far even earlier in the season, under Dean Smith, you know, I just think he's been exceptional. I really do. I think his he's, his game has gone on to a new level, and he's got this he's got this swagger about him now. He he knows he belongs in the Premier League, and and and, and that goal just epitomised it. I mean, from a Norwich perspective, it's a it's a car crash. You know, he's got th- they've got three defenders there, and he's 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 just shifted it and and hammered it hammered it in um you'd be really upset about conceding that goal and i'm sure dean smith has got some thoughts on it but from from our point of view and you know and, and and gerard you could see he had that he had that little glint in his eye after the game when he was talking about it it was you know he he knows that was a special goal from a from a really talented midfielder and and um yeah he's he's announced himself mark
2: yeah and it, what's a better you know, a better praise of a scoring midfielder than, than Steven Gerrard. I mean, imagine how JJ feels about that, you know, and I think it was BT sport that interviewed JJ after the game um, against Norwich and asked him like, Oh, you know, your manager scored, you know, plenty of goals like that or that looked like that. And he was like, well, yeah, you know, I grew up watching his highlights, you know, so maybe you're right. Maybe it does, you know, kick him into another gear a little bit or not even another gear, but just give him the confidence. You know I mean? You have one of the, one of the best for some people, the best premier league midfielder to ever play the game, you know, telling you like, Hey, you know, you can get forward. You can have a shot. If you see an opportunity, take it, you know, it, you're allowed to do that, you know, trust your instinct, how you feel about it. And that, that, that moves mountains for young players. It doesn't matter what sport it is, you know, to have somebody like that, you know, that that's k- kind of like cheering you on a little bit or giving you the, the confidence that you need, or at least trying to give you the confidence you need. And yeah, I just, I, you know, long, long live JJ at Aston Villa. I mean, we have a lot of academy prospects, but I really do think that he's going to be the one that really cements, his foot into the starting 11 before you know anyone else does he he pretty much already has done that for me I think that you know again he can be used in various ways in various positions depending on how Gerard wants to set up and he seems like he's getting the best out of him right now
1: yeah I was going to ask you that actually does does he start every week for you
2: I think that he starts every week for me but I'm curious to see what happens when Danny Ings gets uh, more fit I don't think that I don't think that Ings is um, exactly 100% fit right now. I I don't, at least I I don't think he is. By the way that I'm seeing him, so maybe he might drop to the bench when Ingsy comes back. But if Ings isn't, you know, firing or looking a little sluggish off the ball, I can see JJ keeping his place.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Well, I mean, certainly there's there's a few players out at the minute, and of course we've got the. We've got the uh, transfer window coming up shortly, where I, I imagine now, certainly with Nakamba's injury, Villa will be looking into the uh, into the market for a midfielder, won't they? And uh, you know, we'll 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 see what happens. But um, the second forty-five was was it was a bit tougher um, as Dean Smith's men kind of came out and got in Villa's faces a little bit more. But there was never a sense, in my opinion, anyway, that Villa were weren't in control of, of the game and seemed confident to see it out. Um, however, it was the, the introduction of 18-year-old Carney Chukwameka which led to Villa's Villa sealing the points as the youngster produced an excellent piece of play um, down the left left channel and, and delivered a great ball for Watkins who finished from close range, although um, I did feel that he, he, he perhaps uh, made a bit of a meal of it. He did his best to miss it, <laughs> by the looks of it. um Two goals really created in in the Villa academy, so it was certainly a proud moment for Mark Harrison um, et al, uh in the in the in the academy. Um, we were discussing Carney's future on here a couple of weeks ago, um, but it seems Gerard is is starting to demonstrate that um, there is de- a definite pathway to the first team um, under him if the players are are good enough and if they show up.
2: Oh, of course, and I, I think that he, you know, Steven Gerard was kind of born of you know coming coming through an academy and playing for his boyhood club. So why wouldn't he, you know, if we were just talking about JJ? But also with Carney, you know, I, I just there's some there's something so special about at least four or five of these academy prospects that it, it kind of starts to seem that there is a pathway, but it's almost like you have to take that pathway by the scruff of the neck and kind of kind of really, you know take advantage of the fact that that that's how they see you becoming a premier league footballer Uh, I've I've always as much as I've watched Carney I've I've always known that I do believe he will be a premier league footballer I'm not saying he's going to be one of the best in the world but I mean you saw last night what he can do he's very calm collected on the ball he dribbles very well he's a threat he can place a pass he can see the game unfold before his eyes and 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 most of the time makes the right decision now I've seen Carney Chukwameca have have Bad games as far as the standard that, you know, we all think about him. But, you know, in the games where he switched on and it's all coming off for him, he's definitely a gem. So I think that Gerard is definitely putting it out there that, listen, if you work hard enough and you train hard enough, you know, just... You, you will get your chance to to play in this team. And, I I mean, and, and Carney Chukwameka he's newly 18. It's not like he's about to turn 19 years old, you know, and everyone's talking yeah. about the, the contract thing and, you know, oh, was he going to sign the contract? He still has months that lead on to a, a year. I think that that's just going to be something where they'll see how this year goes with his playing time, and he, he may request a little bit of a pay raise. But I think the Villa gets that over the line ultimately. Um, uh, one of the big reasons, I think, is the Steven Gerrard effect of, like, you know, he, you know, you have a, a Premier League football legend here now, um, and I think that he's going to want to play under him and learn as much as he can under Steven Gerrard. I think it's the same for JJ. I think it's the same, same for Philipe I, I Like again, most of the great, you know, or what we perceive to be the great talents that we have in the academy. I think they're going to learn a lot, and they're going to see a lot, and they're going to play a lot under Steven Gerrard. It's just a matter of when and where.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think this is it, and I think I think we're we're seeing that. Kind of come to fruition now, and I mean, Ger- Gerard's got no kind of um, reason not to not to give these kids um, a bit more of a chance, has he? You know, he's just come in the door. He hasn't had a transfer window yet. He's got players out with injury and COVID and and all that sort of thing. He's happy to give them a go and and see how they get on. Um, no one's no one's judging him on on that at the moment. Um, I think for Dean Smith, it was a little bit more difficult because. It is hard to rely, and to put your trust in in, in young players sometimes, um, and you do kind of err uh, towards your your more experienced players, I think. But you know, that said, Dean Smith certainly gave gave opportunities to plenty of players, including uh, including Carney earlier in the season. So, um, you know, it, it, we'll obviously see how that goes, and and it and it relies on Chuck Rameka producing those 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 performances those i mean it was a, a bit of a cameo performance but doing those things and contributing in that kind of way that's how he'll force his way into the team eventually and he'll become a fixture what i love about him and you you kind of said this was is just his spatial awareness on the field i just think he, he knows where everyone is you know he's he's just got that that real sense um of the game he's got his head up he's, he's he knows he knows where he is on the field and where everyone else is. And I think that's a real strength because um, you see lots of very talented footballers, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, the, the one that's popped into my head is Adama Traore, you know, incredible talent, you know, but just hasn't got a clue about about the, the dimensions of a football pitch. And, you know, I just think uh, he's, he, Kani's just very, very considered, you know, you know, he's he's got that kind of very laid back style, which I think is fine. I think that'll, that will that's great. I, I really like to see players, you know, playing like they've got all the time in the world, and he's he's one of those. But he's just got all the all the attributes. He just needs to to you know to to really get get up to the, the intensity, I think, the intensity levels in the Premier League. What, what, what do you think about that?
2: No, I, th- I think you're right. And I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, the goal or the assist to the goal for Watkins was like world-class or anything like that. It was terrible defending by Norwich. They looked like they just switched off. It looked like a cheap goal that like, you know, you know you can get away with on FIFA against the computer. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and act like it was... Uh, I mean, it was great play to recognize that and, and, you know, to get it over to Watkins. And you're right, Watkins almost skies it um, you know, roofed it a little bit, but, you know, but that's the awareness to know that like, Hey, I can, I'm in this position. I can do this. You know, I have the ability to do this. I have the confidence to do this. I, I, th- I think that that's, that's really what it is, is just getting up to the intensity of the premier league. Um, I would love to see him at some point in time, get a run of games. I don't know if that's something that Gerard looks at right now. Um, cause I, I do believe that, I do believe that for as much as we talk about the youth at Aston Villa, I think there, there's still a lot of players that we paid really big-time money for around the squad. You know what I mean? And, and, and Villa's going to try to get their money's worth for those players, and there are youth players that could slot into that. But at the moment, I think Steven Gerrard knows like what's in his team, what's coming through the academy. I think that he, he's very in the present as a manager, but I also think he's looking down the line. Um, again, on BT Sport, I think it was Gerard after the game said, We want as many homegrown talents playing for Aston Villa as we possibly can. You know, I want to take this club as far up, as far up the Premier League as I possibly can. And, you know, we're, we're going to need, we're going to need homegrown players, you know, in order to do that. And the first, light bulb that went off of my head was Stevie G's already planning for Europe for that homegrown <laughs> homegrown <laughs> yeah. talent quota yeah. you have to have to play in Europe. So love hearing that kind of stuff. The guy knows what he's doing. I, I have full trust in him. I know it wasn't a some people, you know, didn't want, you know, Dino sacked for Gerard and everything. But, you know, at the moment Aston Villa is looking like a team that, you know, is is gonna go out there and put a good account of themselves every game and you know love Dino but I'm I'm very excited and and very forward thinking with this Gerard era
1: yeah I was going to ask you about that actually um because obviously you've 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 not been on um for for a little while um obviously big changes since you were last on so so how are you how were you feeling about the managerial change when it happened and 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 how are you looking at it now
2: um at the time you know I even I, I think I put it up on Twitter that that five game skid that uh Dean Smith had, I think it was after the second loss and I think I put something up on Twitter like, hey, you know, he he doesn't have, it just feels like he doesn't have a lot of time like he needs to turn this around quickly you know, the team just wasn't playing anything like we're used to, Um, so then when he finally does get the sack, I I was upset about it, and I'll I'll be the first I'll I'll go on record and say, you know Dean Smith gave me some of my happiest moments as an Aston Villa supporter Um, moments that I'll never forget with friends that, you know, I'll, I'll have for the rest of my life you know, so on an emotional level, you know, it, I, I wasn't a big fan of it, you know, but at the end of the day, the business is the business. The owner spent a ton of money to try and put a squad together. And we definitely deserve to be higher up and definitely, you know, deserve not to be losing, you know, five five on the bounce. Um, but with, with Gerard coming in as soon as he was linked, I was really excited about it. And it's not even to say that I knew like anything about Steven Gerrard in the Scottish Premier League. I, very rarely watch those games. If it is, it's like an old firm game. Every once in a while, but um, excited about it. I think, I, like again, I think I said it earlier. Um, when Dino comes in, that's an era. You know, he gets it gets us through, gets us promoted. The whole the whole beautiful thing. Now we're gonna have the era of Gerard that's gonna push us a little bit forward. And, you know, this is how it is with football clubs that are trying to have a little bit of a resurgence. There's different different levels to trying to get back to that to get to the level that you aspire to be at. And I don't know, I just think Gerard's a good appointment and it it has nothing to do with him winning the the amount of games that he has now. I just I don't think that's a stepping stone for him. I don't think that it's going to be, you know, he's here for two seasons and leaves. I, I think that he really wants to build something here, and he wants to get Aston Villa Football Club back to where it belongs. And you know, it's he he seems very a very dedicated man, and and he really wants to succeed. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say no if that that's how he feels.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of the um, a lot of the, the sort of outpouring of of, of support for Dane Smith was was around the um, the you know the obvious connection to the club and that sort of thing. He's he's one of us, isn't he? Um, and we all love him, and like you say, he—he he likewise, um, for me, he'd given he'd given given me some wonderful sort of moments um, as a Villa fan, and and all that. And but this, I don't know, a few weeks on, this just feels like a step up. It does feel like it was it it, it was the, the right thing to do, and we can only really ju- judge managers over the lifetime of their their tenure you know um dean smith was was a tremendous um asset a tremendous manager for us, but you know I think it was starting to 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 deteriorate and he'd lost he' lost a bit of control of it and um this feels like a like a step a step forward again, and it feels like the ceiling has raised a little bit for us um at the moment now look, we'll see how we feel this time next year, but the early signs are really good, and you know. Whereas I was worried about a a potential relegation battle in fairness uh, a few weeks ago, you know now I'm starting to look and think well maybe we could get that seventh spot and get into Europe or win a cup you know, so you know we'll 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 see, but you know it's certainly uh I'm with you, I think it's um you know it, it was sad, but it's 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 turning out to be the right thing um as reluctant as I am to give Christian Perslow too much credit. Um but there we go. <laughs> but um but on Saturday, we'll get on Saturday and Villa welcome Burnley uh, to Villa Park as 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 we look to build on the twelve points already secured by Stephen Gerrard since he arrived. Expectation will be high um as Villa hope to cement a t- top half spot um going into Christmas. Um and with with Sean Dyche's team also toiling around the bottom three. Um, and may also be without their main threat, Maxwell Cornet, who's been struggling with an injury. With the the current escalating situation around COVID, it's it's anyone's guess really on a game by game basis which players will be available, or indeed whether matches will go ahead. Um, so it will be an anxious wait as we approach the end of this week. But assuming all remains okay, um, what are your thoughts on this game, and and how does Gerald approach this? Uh, given Burnley's obviously, obvious sort of unique strengths and and threats,
2: it's probably a little off the, off the cuff for me because I usually try to be a little bit more measured about this. But I think we're going to actually batter Burnley. Okay. Um, <laughs> I love it. I, I, yeah, I, I just <laughs> I, I think it's going to be like a three 0 four 0 There's just something that tells me that. I mean, Burnley they they've won one game all season, guys. You know, like it's it's they won one game, hmm. one game, eight draws, six losses, negative seven goal differential. The teams around them are looking like they're pretty much... If four teams could have been relegated from the Premier League this season, it would be Watford, Burnley, Newcastle, and Norwich. I firmly do believe that. Um, I I think that as far as Gerrard approaching it, I think he's going to want to kind of go for the jugular a little bit. Now, the thing about Burnley that you said, they they have their positives and they have their negatives. Um, You know, the The negative seven goal differential, that's actually the best out of the top four, or the bottom four, rather. Um, as far as you know, taking the drop, so I I don't know. Like, if it, it feels and looks like this team should be beating teams like Burnley single handedly now, and I think that if they were to, you know. You have a 3-0 4-0 win against a team like burnley it only builds the confidence and it only makes the players hungrier to keep keep this run of form going um you know again it's it's all about the levels of like you get here and then you want here and here and and villa villa are looking nice right now as far as their their table position i think they're going to want to build on that and how you do that is by beating the teams you should be beating you look at burnley and what they've spent you look at villa what they've spent you look at some of the things You know that that really define you know the personality of a football club and the football that the teams want to be playing, and I think that it's it's just just go beat them, boys. That's that's really all I got. Just just go out there and beat them.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think that's it. I think at some point we have to we have to show that we we are better than these teams, and we have um, so far under Gerard we we've beaten the games where we thought we'd have a chance of winning. Not that. You know, Leicester, Palace, etc certainly no pushovers. They're, you know, they're they're both very, very good teams. Particularly Palace who are having an excellent season. Um, but we've but we've beaten the teams we felt we had a chance against, and, and lost the games that that we 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 everyone struggles against. Really, the top teams. So this is certainly one that where we need to be to be really kind of going to town, and you know, similar to Norwich, the Norwich game really, where yes, they have their. Their strengths and their their obvious attributes, Um, but we need to play around that. I think and like you say, take the game to them, press high, um, you know, and and not get into a into a slugfest with them because that's what they want ultimately. Um, They want to be in a fight, and and we need to we need to avoid that, um, you know, and and, and show off our attributes and you know play through them um, essentially. And we we've got the ability to do that, um, certainly with. With our midfields, particularly uh, Douglas Louise, who we haven't mentioned from the Norwich game, but I thought he was exceptional um, against Norwich. You know, carrying the ball and his general play and the confidence he has on the ball—it's it was it was it was a joy to watch um, him working last night. So, um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think I think you've got to be looking to to dispatch these teams. Having said that, I would take a. I'd take any kind of win really but you know you know a, a statement would be a you know a good sort of 3-4-0 um, return and I don't think we've scored more than two have we under Gerard yet so that would be a a bit of a you know a hurdle to get over as well um, so yeah I mean you know are you are you expecting much much changes in the in the in the in the lineup or I suppose it's it's hard to tell isn't it until we know what the what the situation is at the end of the week?
2: Yeah, it's going to be hard to tell, but I agree with your assessment on Douglas Louise against Norwich, and I think that he's playing with a lot of confidence. He's starting to show that Brazilian flair that sometimes it almost like he forgets that. I think it was just a little bit too a little bit too structured sometimes for him under Dean Smith, and I think that um maybe something of the backroom staff or even Stevie G himself was like, hey, just go out there and play your natural game, man. Like you know, if if you have the confidence to play like that, I mean, we were seeing him with. You know, behind the back passes and back heel passes and, you know, brilliant step overs that lead to free kicks and like all all these things that like we know that Douglas Louise can do. And it seems like it just seems like the players are playing with a little bit more freedom, Um, just a little bit more relaxed. Like you were talking about how Carney just looks like really relaxed on the ball. But I think the team as a whole. Is starting to look like that and not like relaxed to the point of being switched off but just playing more naturally like just playing playing more within themselves and knowing what they do well and trying to do that well but yeah I think I think Douglas Louise could be a cog in the machine that breaks Burnley this coming Saturday if he does get the start I just think he has that little bit of gown a little bit of trickery on the ball added with you know his range of passing I think that that might actually you know break down Burnley pretty pretty well but I mean we'll see I just there's something about this game that just screams to like it's going to be a, a statement win for Villa.
1: I really hope so. I'm I'm looking forward to getting there. And the other thing I would mention is that um it seems like Buendia and Ashley Young are also kind of struggling with Knox as well. So it could be um a, you know a good game for for Chukwemeca to come in, um perhaps playing alongside um Watkins and Ings by the by the sounds of it, and or it could be a return for Mr. Daniel Bettridge's uh Main man Trezeguet, who's been sat on the bench a couple of day couple of couple of weeks now.
2: I heard that Dan's had the Trezeguet shirt on since he played for that under twenty three game this past
1: week. <laughs> yeah, he he loves Trezeguet, and uh, I mean El Ghazi wasn't around, so we we could have. I mean, could could we have? You know, back to the uh, two years ago with El Ghazi on one side and Trezeguet on the other, roll back the years a little bit. I mean, we I don't we know. could.
2: I mean, you know, you never know, but I mean, I would like to see. I don't know. Again, we we don't know what's going on. It's just such a crazy time still that like we don't know like yeah. if matches are going to be postponed. Who's who's available? Who's healthy? Who's not? So I just even even in the event that that Villa have you know a worse outbreak than they thought or something were to happen, I still have confidence uh, uh, with with Stevie G. He's I, I just feel he's going to make the right decision. It's you know not to be too too full of myself or too positive about it, but it just feels like if we're going to start to gain momentum here these are the games that you have to win.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we'd have all been targeting six points from this week um with Chelsea coming up next as well so um I mean six points from Norwich and, and Burnley and then anything goes against Chelsea then anything's a bonus. So um you know we'll, we'll 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 see but what what's your prediction then?
2: I'm going to go 3-0 to Villa over Burnley. I'm gonna go with a double from Watkins and a set piece goal. Just a random set piece
1: goal. Random set piece. Right. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna go for two one. I think it will be a bit tighter. I think we'll we will dominate, but I think it will be a two one. Um, and I'm gonna go for for a double from JJ. Ooh, there's um, there's, a, there's a good one. I think one. he's really gonna. Yeah, he's 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 gonna he's gonna click into form now over this 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 coming period, and he's going to reel really. Uh, nail his his place in the team down i think so um looking forward to that but um it's been it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for for jumping on today mark and uh, it's been great to have you back on and Having a good good wag about the villa like old times.
2: Oh yeah, man, I definitely miss it. It's just the new the new job is just insane, man. Like I, I I've shown you guys some of the stuff that I'm doing, as far as like cooking wise and things like that. So yeah, it's just oh, it's crazy. I'm having fun with it. It's fun, but man, I just not enough hours in the day, Andy. I wish I wish I could do this every week again.
1: Well, you're always you're always welcome on, and just let us know um when you when you're free, and we'll we'll, we'll get you on. But uh, thanks thanks again for for coming on, and thanks to everyone for listening. Um, like we always say, if you want to um, uh, follow the the the, the website, um, head over to underagaslitlamp.com for all the all the latest on the, uh, the the first team, the academy and the Villa women, and give us a give us a follow on 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 Twitter as well and and, and Facebook etc. Um, and of course, if you want your Manscaped products, I'm not sure about Christmas, but maybe for that New Year's party then um, head over to manscaped.com and you'll get uh, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code LAMP. Um, But all the best if you're at Villa Park on on Saturday. Have a great time. I might see you there. Um, But otherwise, stay safe and up the villa.